Mindfulness Mode 100. My platoon sergeant came up and he slammed me against the wall lovingly, but he said, Lieutenant, a good decision now is better than a great decision later. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. I'm so excited you're listening to episode 100 featuring John Lee Dumas of EO Fire. Thank you for being so supportive, Mindful Tribe. To celebrate 100 episodes, I'm sending out free Mindfulness Mode coffee mugs to the first five people who jump on this offer. Just sign up for our free Calm Your Busy Mind infographic by going to mindfulnessmode.com slash calm, C-A-L-M, and enter your name and email address. Then reply in an email with coffee mug in the subject line. Be sure to include your address so I can send it to you. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have John Lee Dumas on the line today. Hey, John, are you in mindfulness mode? Bruce, I am, and I'm also prepared to ignite, so I'm pretty sure that's a great combination. That is a terrific combination, (laughs) absolutely. Well, John Lee Dumas is the founder and host of EO Fire, an award-winning podcast where he interviews today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. JLD has interviewed over 1,300 entrepreneurs, and EO Fire generates over 1 million monthly listens. John's latest project is the Freedom Journal, a gorgeous leather-bound journal that guides you in accomplishing your number one goal in 100 days. As a highly respected interviewer, JLD lives in the moment with his guests. So, John, what does mindfulness mean for you? For me, Bruce, mindfulness means a lot of things, but at its core, it's really living in the moment. It's being present, not being a time traveler, not stressing out about the future, not bemoaning the past, but saying, hey, what can I do in this moment right now to be happy, to live a positive life, to live an intentional life, to to really set the table for the future in a powerful way? Oh, that's great. You know, you talk on your show a lot about focus and its meaning as an acronym, follow one course until success. You mentioned some different paths you've been on. You've studied to be a lawyer. You were in commercial real estate. How do you follow the focus acronym if you're struggling to find the right path? So we're all struggling to find the right path. So welcome to being a human being. That's life. (laughs) And we're always going to struggle. And guess what? That's actually a good thing because Life gets boring when there's no struggle. We as humans, we're looking for challenges. We're looking for obstacles to overcome so that when we overcome them, we can have that sense of accomplishment and hopefully we have that next challenge already set down the road so we can struggle towards that. So that's just part of being a human being. So just embrace that, my friends. Realize life is about struggles and successes and failures and how we deal with it intraday. And mindfulness can be a big part of that. And of course, focus, which my favorite acronym is follow one course until success is a crucial component to making sure that, yes, even if you are struggling, if you're focused and you commit to accomplishing that goal in a very laser beam type fashion, you will overcome that struggle and have that accomplishment in your hands over a set period of time. And then you're ready for the next one. Mindful Tribe, I really want you to take note of what JLD is saying here. You know, he's he's saying, commit to your goal. And I love, JLD, what you said about a laser beam 
fashion, you know, and then you will overcome your struggle. If you commit to your goal and remember to stay focused. So embrace your struggles, your successes, your failures, and then commit to the goal and that will help you to overcome your struggle. And you really seem to have nailed that, JLD. You really seem to have that down. John, you've shared that you had a lot of fear when you first started your podcast back in 2012. And finally, your coach gave you an ultimatum. Tell us, did mindfulness help you get over the imposter syndrome? The reality was I was terrified yeah. to launch my podcast. I mean, I was just like, who am I to launch a podcast, to have interviewed Gary Vaynerchuk, Tim Ferriss, Barbara Corcoran, Tony Robbins? Like, who am I to talk to these people and have these great interviews and conversations with them? And I let that hold me back. And, and looking back in hindsight, you know, that's one of the great lessons that I've learned is that we are all going to live in that fear at some point and multiple times in the future. And, and I have many of those times ahead of me as well, that fear, that just being scared of, of really putting something out there into the world that might or might not be accepted by my community. And sometimes it even gets scarier the more successful that you get because now you're expected to have a winner every single time where before nobody would have known if I failed because I was a nobody at the time. So there's a lot that go, goes into it. I think if we can just kind of keep going back to this is a journey. Like we're not looking to, to win to hit a grand slam with the first thing that we do and then walk away and sit down and retire for the rest of our life. If, if, if that's what you want, I got news for you. You're not an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs want to continue to grow. They want to continue to challenge themselves. They want to continue to, to push that, that barrier forward and to continue to accomplish great things as we learn more and more and more. And if you don't want that, then stay in your cubicle and just collect a paycheck and retire at the age of 65 and try to live out your golden years on whatever you were able to acquire over that because that's you know probably a better path for you. But for entrepreneurs, hey, fear is part of the game. Struggle, challenge, obstacles, it's all part of the game. Just get on that path and do your best and learn every day. Yeah, get on that path. JLD, that is so powerful. Such great nuggets of of information and confidence to boost us. So Mindful Tribe, just keep going. Remember, it's a journey. Remember to not let these kinds of things hold you back. So what is holding you back? You know, that fear of being scared to put something out there. It's just so powerful to hear this directly from you, JLD. Speaking of fear, John, you were in the army and you served in Iraq. I'm sure you had some fearful times. What was your most challenging experience there? When you're 23 years old and you're in charge of 16 men, in charge of four tanks, which is one of the most powerful weapons in the world. I mean, an Abrams is the name of the tank, which, you know, is 77 tons. It, you know, it goes 60 miles an hour, both forward and reverse. It can deliver a sable round up to two miles the size of a quarter on a target. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible the power that you wield. And that's a lot of responsibility for a 23-year-old. And, and, and I just learned that, hey, I'm going to do the best that I can. I'm going to learn from those that are before me, that have come before me. And I'm going to learn from those around me as well. Because yes, I was the platoon leader. I was the officer in charge of my platoon. But I had sergeants that were 45, 37, 40 years old that were all around me that had been you know, 20 years in the military, some 30 years in the military. They had a lot of experience. And I had to learn from their experience and just have the ability to say, hey, I'm not going to be prideful here. I'm not going to let my pride get in the way of what will best accomplish this mission. I'm going to look around. I'm going to learn from people 
and I'm going to do the best that I can in this scenario, always looking to improve. Gee, I'm just so awed, John, you know, a 23-year-old man, an officer in charge of 16 men, four Abrams tanks, and I am so honored to be airing this episode on Memorial Day weekend when we think about veterans. As you say, you were able to do what you did by learning from those who came before you. Great advice. John, I'd like to ask you a favor if I could. I'd love to hear a specific story, some incident, some situation that you experienced that was so challenging. We were taking fire during a a night patrol in Fallujah, and my platoon was instructed to cordon, which they were were to surround the building and to kind of make a, a specific play within that building. And I was trying to come up with like the best plan to do that specific, to, to really accomplish next to you that specific order. And I wanted to be it, it to be this perfect plan. Like I wanted to be considered like General Patton. Like, wow, yeah. like did you see the lieutenant? He just crushed it. Like he just won the war for us. Like that was what I was picturing. So I was right. really taking my time and trying to develop this perfect plan. And again, bullets were flying. And oh. finally, my platoon sergeant came up and he slammed me against the wall lovingly. <laughs> but he said, <laughs> Lieutenant, a good decision now is better than a great decision later. And again, I was terrified at the time, but I was still trying to be a professional mm-hmm. and come up with the best plan possible. And I was kind of becoming paralyzed because of it. And I said, you know what? I just got to come up with a good plan, not the perfect plan, not even a great plan, just a good plan and execute now. Because if I didn't, we might not be alive to execute the quote unquote perfect plan that I was trying to come up with. So I came up with a good plan. I executed and life went on. What a story and such an impactful message that can apply to so many situations. John, do you meditate? And if you do, what does it look like for you? I have a daily morning ritual that I follow daily, shockingly, and (laughs) that includes journaling in the Freedom Journal. I'm a big user of my own product because I'm a believer in what I took a year to create, that very unique step-by-step process, and I love it. Like It really helps center me. Then after I'm done journaling, I meditate, and I use a great um, tool called choosemuse.com. That's choose. M-U-S-E dot com, choosemuse.com. And it's actually a little band that goes around your forehead and kind of rests over your ears and it measures your brain waves. So as you're meditating, you're actually having your brain waves measured to see how much meditation and flow you're actually getting into during your meditation time, which is so critical and so key because a lot of people meditate, but they don't realize that their brain's just all over the place and they're thinking about a hundred things a million miles a minute and they're not really getting the benefit of meditation, but when you have muse on you, you actually are hearing um, music playing that gets louder and more crazy if you're if you start if your thoughts start drifting and getting into the the bad places, but really starts getting more toned down and quiet. You even start hearing birds chirping when you get into that right meditation zone. So you can kind of train yourself what good meditation and bad meditation is. And it's really valuable for me. And I do that for, uh, actually right now I'm on seven minutes a day, but I'm building up to get to 15 minutes pretty quickly. Oh, that's great to get immediate feedback, isn't it, John? Mm. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about money and mindfulness. You publish income reports online. How did that feel when you first started doing it? What's your mindset about money? 
it felt great. You know, I'm a big believer that we need to just embrace the fact that if we're going to create viable businesses, mm-hmm. if we are going to continue to be able to serve our audience in a meaningful and powerful way, we got to be realistic with ourselves that it takes money to do all of these things. We have responsibilities, we have bills, we have expenses, you name it. Like we got to generate revenue period. That's just a reality. So I've never been ashamed of that. I've never shied away from talking about that. And one of the people that inspired me to launch my podcast was Pat Flynn over at Smart Passive Income. And I just loved how he back in the day was always, and up to this day, by the way, he still does, was always publishing income reports every single month where he showed how you could just be be a good guy, a person of value, and generate significant revenue on a monthly basis. And I thought that was fascinating and so powerful and exciting to see that somebody could do that. So I kind of made a deal with myself and I said, hey, if I do this with podcasting and I start to generate significant revenue, I want to be that beacon of hope for other podcasters and entrepreneurs about how this can be done in a value first way. Yeah. And John, I just want to say, you know, you really are a beacon of hope for me as a podcaster, for sure. You know, being part of your podcasters paradise group, I can truly say that it's a great experience. And, and, you know, I've listened to hundreds of your episodes and continue to on a daily basis. So yeah, truly inspiring. Thank you. Can you tell Mindful Tribe, how does habit help you achieve your goals? So habit to me is everything. There was actually a great quote that I used today on my Snapchat rant. And that quote was by uh, an entrepreneur by the name of Jim Ryan, R-Y-U-N. And the quote is, motivation will get you started. Habit will keep you going. So a lot of people, they get so excited when they start and it gets them going and they launch their podcast or their blog or their video channel or whatever it might be. And of course, it's new, it's exciting. There's a lot of motivation that goes on there. But that kind of wears off as everything does in life. Um, you know, just, just that early newness, that early motivation, excitement, it wears off to some degree. Now, the degree that it wears off is definitely um, weighed upon the how well you chose um, your topic because hopefully you're very passionate about it. So even if it wears off a little bit, like you're still pretty passionate about it. But the reality is it's going to, to go away from that newness and that excitement. And it's the habits that you implement every single day that are going to allow you to continue to go forward in an effective way. So motivation will get you started, but habits will keep you going after that newness has worn off a little bit. So I implement habits every single day. You know, the Freedom Journal is actually big on habits and I have people implement habits within the Freedom Journal. Every 10-day sprint that you're doing, I'm having you implement a specific habit within those 10 days that you can work on so that by the end of your 100 days, you have 10 new habits that have hopefully replaced some bad habits that you've picked up along, along the way. Yeah, I'm finding as I work my way through the Freedom Journal, those habits are really making a difference. And what a great quote. Motivation will get you started. Habit will keep you going. Thanks for sharing that with Mindful Tribe, JLD. So let's talk about breathing. I know that you walk every day. And when you walk, do you have a special way of breathing that helps you to kind of clear your mind? Yeah, I really do. And a lot of people breathe in their chest. They're called chest breathers. And Mm -hmm. That, unfortunately, is not really the way that we're meant as humans to breathe. It's just something that we've developed over the, over the years of like becoming adults. But like if you look at a baby breathe, they're breathing from their stomach. They're breathing from their gut. They're filling up, expanding their gut, and then, and then exhaling out. So I really focus on breathing through my stomach, not through my chest. Because when you're breathing through your chest, you're very shallow breathing. When you breathe 
in through your gut and through your belly. It's really deep, meaningful breathing, getting a lot of good oxygen to your lungs. John, I've worked in bullying prevention for over a decade, and I've seen how the practice of mindfulness can make a huge positive difference in the lives of adults or children who have been bullied. Do you have a story about a bullying situation where mindfulness might have made a difference? Hmm. You know, I can actually say just maybe from being from Maine or being lucky in a certain amount of areas, like I just really haven't experienced that much in the way of bullying. I mean, I've Mm -hmm. seen it and I know it's definitely a serious problem, especially these days with cyberbullying and something, again, that I didn't experience growing up because there just was no internet to to kind of date myself a little bit. I mean, I'm 36 years old. Uh, The internet didn't really even get going until after I graduated high school. And it just seemed like my college, like wasn't really a place where cyberbullying kind of really happens. Um, at that point, um, I'm sure it probably does now because, again, as things in social media has grown to the level that it has. But I think it's something that we really do have to be focused on because the problem with bullying is that it can really shatter somebody's confidence. And when you're not confident, everything else kind of starts to fall apart in life. And you stop doing the things that you can add value to in this world. You start to question yourself and you kind of just start to start to lose the motivation and momentum that you've been trying to build up as a human being. And I think that it's something that we all need to kind of band together and just realize that, hey, this is not cool. When we're seeing it, you know, we can't laugh at the bullies. We can't encourage them in any way, shape, and form. In fact, you know, you have to disparage them. And it's something that I'm sure you, Bruce, have seen, you know, in the 10 years that you've been in over and over again. For sure. But as far as as a specific story, um, nothing really does come to mind. Right. John, you do a lot of speaking engagements, and I'm sure sometimes you get up there on stage, you're looking out to a really, really huge crowd. How do you use mindfulness to keep your thoughts together and just get out there and nail it? So a lot of people have massive doses of stage fright. That's just a reality. and. Yeah. It's actually a, a you know the, the number one phobia in a lot of studies. You know you'll mm-hmm. see people come back and death is the thing that people are afraid of second most, but public <laughs> speaking is the yeah. most. So you know there's that joke where you know people are better off uh, in the casket than giving the actual eulogy at a funeral. So yeah. that's just one of those things. It's a reality. So just you know embrace it and realize that hey, of course I'm going to be scared. Of course I'm going to be nervous because I'm a human being and that's just something that's going to happen to me um, because I know that there's a situation where I might freeze, I might flop, you know, I might forget my next topic that I want to talk about and just kind of embrace that and, and be present in that fear, be present in that. And then, you know, when you do that, when you actually confront the possibility, it just becomes more natural and becomes more calming. And it really just says, hey, you know, yeah, that might happen. But, you know, these people are here because they like me and they want to hear the content that I'm about to share and they're rooting for me. You know, they don't want me to fail. Um, And let me just kind of embrace in that. And if something happens on stage, I'll take a deep breath, I'll compose myself and I'll continue forward because nobody's perfect. Nobody expects perfection. And in fact, sometimes when you're real and you're honest, you know, it can come across really as endearing. Like when Kate gave her first talk from stage, she was super nervous, but she addressed it first and foremost. She said, hey, this is my first time on stage. I'm really nervous. I'm really scared. Um, I'm going to do my best. And I really just hope that you guys uh, enjoy what I'm about to share. And that just endeared her to everybody that was in the room. And she went on and delivered a great, not perfect, but a great uh, presentation. And people really respected the crap out of her for it. 
Right. Well, I can certainly say the same about you as well. I was there at Podcast Movement in Texas, and you were up there on the stage giving a keynote, and you did a really great job. You absolutely Thank nailed you. it. You looked relaxed. You know, you looked mindful. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> well, and I have. I've gotten there. You know, yeah. but that was you know maybe my sixtieth or eightieth time on stage, and yeah. so it, it takes time, and you're never going to get to that comfort level until you've done that thing over and over again. Sure. I mean, go back and listen to episode you know, 50 of EO yeah. Fire, then then listen to episode 1250 and you'll hear a different person behind the microphone. I mean, Bruce, yeah. what, epi- what episode is this for you uh, approximately? Episode 100. So when you get to episode 1000, you're going to look back and be yeah. like, wow, that, <laughs> you're right. that was brutal. But the re- reality is you can go back to episode 10 right now and see a massive improvement and in, in difference in you as a podcast host. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you write a lot of content, John, and a lot of people have real trouble like getting motivated or they get writer's block. How do you use mindfulness to put out all this content that you do? You've written books and so on. I live in the moment. You know, I'm just open to hearing content from people. You know, I read a lot of books. I listen to podcasts. I just am always consuming content on a daily basis. And this consuming of content is always giving me great ideas and topics that I then want to turn and share with my audience, Fire Nation, through my voice, through my personality, through my perspective. So it's the continuing of consuming content. A lot of people, you know, when you start, you're just consuming as an entrepreneur because you're learning, you're learning, you're learning. And then people say, okay, now I'm going to start producing content. And they make the mistake of just flipping a switch and going to 100% producing, 0% consuming. And I think you should always be using at least 10% of your time consuming content to stay cutting edge, to stay fresh, to learn other ideas and perspectives, and then take those ideas and perspectives to your audience in your own way. Be very mindful of how this is coming across to you and then share it with others. Like for instance, I love listening to Gary Vaynerchuk, but I disagree with what a lot of what he says about how you need to hustle from to it, you know, from 5 a.m. till midnight every night, get five or six hours of sleep and then do it all over again. I don't believe in that. I believe you should get eight hours of sleep a night. I think that you should wake up and work, you know, hard for a couple hours and then take a break and then come back and maybe work for a little while then take a nap. Like I think you should be listening to your body and I don't hustle very hard on a given day to day. I have my sprints when Mm -hmm. I do like today where I'm doing 16 interviews and like on other days when I'm doing 15 interviews for EO Fire. So I have these sprints where I'm working really hard all day long. But the majority of my days are just spent with me working very consistently and very intentionally on a meaningful topic, but not overdoing it. And that's powerful. John, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? I would say Tony Robbins. He was a person that when I first started, I would listen to his audiobooks and go for walks and learn how to breathe and be present. And there was a lot of different great audiobooks that are just 27, 30 hours in length that you can just go for these epic walks and learn so much and take it all in. And, and that was really big for me. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? It's really just made me more present and it's made me just less dramatic of a person, like not so stressed out about the future or just so uh, like regretting the past and things that I now can't control. It's just made me much more of a present, relaxed, calm individual. 
Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. I know you mentioned it, but just tell us a little bit more. Yeah, well, I can tell you right now, like when I meditate every day and I have that uh, headband on that's measuring my brain waves, when I'm doing well, it's because I'm breathing deeply and, and really thoughtfully. And when I'm not, I notice that my breathing has really kind of shifted and I'm not really focused on my deep breathing and I'm more on my shallow breathing. So it's been a big impact. If you could recommend a book that's related to mindfulness, what would that be? There's some good books out there. I like uh, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. It's a really good book. I've actually interviewed the author as well. Um, He's a great guy. And it's just uh, a a book that really talks to you about, you know, getting inside of your head and really crushing those demons that, you know, we kind of try to ignore, but we really should be confronting. Right. Yeah, exactly. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? And of course, you already have, but maybe you have a different one. Yeah, so I use, again, that Choose Muse headband, but what it does is it actually um, syncs up with an app, which is Calm.com, and that helps you keep track of of, uh, your daily meditation. So what advice would you give a person who's new to the idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? Start slow, a couple minutes a day, just sit down, just be quiet, and just breathe. And close your eyes and just try to be present in the moment and, and focus on your breathing. And then go to three minutes. And then a couple weeks later, go to four. And then maybe if you can invest in yourself, invest in an app or invest in something, again, like this Choose Muse device that I use, which is really powerful. And just continue to grow slowly but surely. John, it's been such a pleasure to spend this time with you today, and I'm certainly inspired by what you've done. I've listened to hundreds of your episodes and just absolutely love listening to them every day. So thank you so much for joining us here on Mindfulness Mode. And how can we connect with you or learn more about what, what you do? Well, all the magic for us happens at eofire.com. That's where you can find out where all our free courses are and what they're all about. Of course, the podcast that we put out, et cetera. So eofire.com. And if you're interested in setting and accomplishing your number one goal in 100 days, The Freedom Journal is for you. And you can learn more at thefreedomjournal.com. Hey, John, that's fantastic. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Bruce. Okay, bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.